Welcome to Fly the Sea, a maroon and gold podcast dedicated to Central Michigan football and basketball. Now, let's fly the sea with Adam Jaxa and Don Shido. The Chippewas took a bye, so Don and I took a bye as well. We took a week off because you were gone, I was gone, the podcast is back, and we've got to talk about that great win against Ball State. I just want to say I was flooded with phone calls, text messages. <laughs> Where's the podcast? Oh, I thought you were going to say you were flooded with calls, text saying, don't ever come back, Adam was amazing. <laughs> we don't miss the podcast, that's what it was. Yeah, and Adam was amazing. <laughs> well, you picked a good game to miss. Brock yeah, and I had great. a blast to call you it. yourself. 45-44 in Muncie. How was the wedding? Did you enjoy yourself? It's wonderful. I got to go to Minnesota twice in two weeks, once for a wedding uh, and once yes. for CMU basketball. And so. The chip was unfortunately lost out there in Minneapolis. But, uh, Don, you're checked off vacation-wise for Minnesota. It'll be a while, I'm sure, before you go back. Uh, if I do go back, I'm going to go back in November. It's beautiful <laughs> this time of year. <laughs> Maybe go outside and watch a college football game How in November. How many times can you go to the Mall of America? <laughs> Are you going to go to the Minnesota-Wisconsin game this Saturday? Our game's Friday, so you could still make it if you want to go again. I'm thinking about it. I've, I've got my travel agent on speed dial. We all know how big of a P.J. Fleck about, fan. Pretty good about finding the uh, Don Minnesota is. by now. <laughs> well, the Chippewas, while you were in Minnesota, picked up a huge win over Ball State, 45-44. to What a comeback victory for Central Michigan. I mean, Don, they were down in that first half. They turned it over multiple times like they did at the Buffalo game. They hadn't had a win this year where they had trailed in a game, let alone trailing by 17 points in the third quarter. And then all of a sudden, the offense continued to stay consistent. Five of their six drives in the second half, they scored touchdowns on. And then they got a crucial three and out, four and out to end the game against Ball State. And they got out of there with a win. Well, and remember what we were talking about on the podcast before the game, if you want to go back that far, is the fact that Ball State was so good in turnover margin. So what do the Chippewas do? They start turning it over like crazy. Ball State builds a big lead. But once Central Michigan stopped turning it over, you could see they were the better team and then took control of that game in the second half. And I got to believe that's going to go down as one of the top 10 games in CMU football history. It's right up there with some of the other great wins. I was just going to ask you, I mean, you, you've been watching the Chippewas, covering them for a long time. I know it's not a MAC championship game. Right. And it didn't clinch a berth to get into the MAC title game. And maybe this game will come back if Western Michigan does lose to NIU and the Chippewas can beat Toledo and they do end up going to Detroit, maybe then it gets put up there. But still, for a regular season conference game and a comeback of this multitude, this has certainly got to be one of the best games in program history. Oh, sure. And if you look at the success or lack thereof that this team has had on the road as well. So you have all those different factors going into it to pull off that comeback against what at the time was a halfway decent Ball State team. I think will go down as one of the better wins in CMU history. It's got to be right up there. It may not be for a championship or whatever the case may be, but it was a great game. The last comeback like this that I can remember is a comeback that the Chippewas didn't complete. Remember the Bahamas Bowl in 2014 right. against Western Kentucky? The Hail Mary, Danino says, let's go for two. They don't get it, and CMU loses by a point. But before that, like I, I can't remember a comeback like this against a conference opponent, a non you know, smaller school that they're expected to win on the road too, where Central Michigan, this program right now, they had still struggled to get over the hump against teams on the road that had a pulse, really. I mean, they beat Bowling Green. Their last win before that was Kent State a couple of years ago. Losses at Western and Miami and Wisconsin and Buffalo, like 
this was such a big win for this program as it continues to take more and more steps forward here in the first season under Jim McElwain. And a very important game. Keeps you in the hunt in the Mid-American Conference race. And the other thing that it does, too, is as we look back on it, you know what happens if Western Michigan loses and, and CMU wins on Friday and they get to the MAC championship game? And you know, I, I would think Central's the better better team when compared to Miami, that's for sure. So you can look back on this game and say, hey, this is the game that got us to the MAC championship and got us a MAC title coming off of a one-win year, which would be unbelievable. This game also exposed Ball State a little bit. They're looking a little fraudulent, aren't they? They started 3-0, and and now all of a sudden, I mean, that's a good football team over there, but they've lost four in a row. They lost to Kent State on the road last Saturday. They have a tough game against the MAC East representatives in Miami to close out their regular season on Saturday or on Friday. I mean, remember, Ball State was in first place in the West, 3-0. and They were the only undefeated team left, and now they've dropped four straight games. Well, the competition got better. I yep. think that was the biggest thing. The other thing that was huge is, like we talked about, when they're not getting turnovers, they're just an average football team. When they're getting turnovers, they're a good football team, and they've been able to do that all season long. When those dry up, then you're just relying on your offense and defense. And quite frankly, they're good, but they're not a great team by any stretch. And looking back on it now, they may be just an average team. Yeah, and I think Ball State's a much improved team. There's no doubt about that. But I think, like you said, their defense isn't as good as it needs to be unless they're getting those turnovers. And even so, they still lost the game to CMU. And offensively, you can tell they need to run the football to be able to move it because their last opportunity at Western Michigan, a two-minute drive to try and go win that game, they didn't get close, got sacked multiple times, and then against Central Michigan where you knew that they had to throw the football. Central Michigan got them four and out and won that football game. So good steps for Mike New, but they're not quite there yet. But that seems to be even more impressive for Central Michigan and the jump that they've made in just one year. I mean, Don, how about this? One win last year against an FCS opponent, and now here we are in the final week of the regular season, and yes, Central Michigan needs some help. They need Northern Illinois to beat Western Michigan. We're recording this on a Tuesday morning, so it would be tonight in uh, DeKalb. But if that happens and the Chippewas could beat Toledo for the first time in 10 years on Friday – they got a shot to go to the MAC championship game and win eight, maybe nine, potentially if they do get in that title game, get to a bowl game, maybe ten. Like anything they do from here on out is overwhelmingly great compared to what we thought coming into this season. I think it it three different factors to me. One, and I've talked about it before, is the fact that that one win team we had last season didn't have the talent of a one win team. You go back and you look at it, there was a bad decision made about who the quarterback was going to be, and then just not a lot of discipline, had some injuries. But that was a talented club. It should have been at least a five-win team, but they end up with one win because the season went south. The other factor is you bring in Jim McElwain, and and the first thing he does is instill this sense of discipline across the board, tell these guys they're going to be held accountable, and it paid off. That could go one way or the other. It can turn south on you or the players can buy in, and obviously – they bought in. And then the final factor is just around the Mid-American Conference, there's a lot of parity. This isn't a great year in the MAC. Yeah. There's not that one outstanding team like Western Michigan was a few years ago, like the Chippewas were when they were rolling through the conference three years out of four years. You don't have that one great team. Toledo's way down compared to where they have been, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. So you have the parity out there that, that has allowed this to happen too. It's the best turnaround that we've seen right now in in FBS and will be the remainder of the season. I don't think anybody has a chance to catch the Chippewas at this point. So give Jim McElwain and his staff a lot of credit, but I think there are a couple other factors in there as well. 
no doubt about it. If Central Michigan, let's say, they don't get to the MAC title game, but they close out, they get the win against Toledo, they finish the regular season eight and four, six and two in the conference, which would be tied for first. Obviously, Western Michigan will get the nod because of their head-to-head win against Central Michigan. Do you think Jim McElwain's the MAC coach of the year? You've got Miami and Chuck Martin going to the championship game for the first time in a while. You'll have Tim Lester going for the first time. But still, to me, the way that McElwain turned this thing around from one win to potentially eight wins, if they beat Toledo, I think he's got a great shot to be the MAC coach of the year. I think so, too. I, I think it'll come down to him and, and Chuck Martin. You know, and then Tim Lester will get some votes too. You got a Western Michigan team that will win the West and will probably win the MAC. I think they'd be favored in the MAC championship game against Miami, so he'll get some votes too. But basically, probably come down to those two. But probably, if I had to guess, um, I would say Miami would probably get it just because they got to the MAC championship game, and and based upon the voting that I've seen in years past in the Mid American Conference, you've got the Ohio schools that tend to vote for Ohio schools. Right, so that you've got that factor in there as well. And it's a, it's been a while. It's not like Miami got there the last few years. Like this will be the first time in a while they're going to that game. Right, and the MAC for whatever reason has always held a bias against first year guys or transfers. We see it in basketball. We see it in football when it comes to voting for postseason awards. If you're a first year person, sometimes I like to see you earn it a little bit. So I think they'll probably hold that against MAC too. My guess would be Chuck Martin would get it, but I think it'll be close. He'll get some votes, that's for sure. I think if they beat Toledo, regardless as if they're going to go play for the MAC championship game, I think Coach McElwain has got a great shot to win that. And, you know, it's just one award, but it's just another achievement for something that, that he deserves. Coming in, bringing in a new staff, playing with the, the people that he have, changing the mindset, the attitude. And it's not just changing their attitudes, but the execution. I mean, just going back to that Ball State game, we brought it up with Coach McElwain on the on – the, uh, Coach Mack show, Don, they go 7 for 12 on third downs, executing perfectly. They had a fourth and nine early in that third quarter. Get the first down, get into the end zone. I mean, 8 for 13 on the road on third or fourth down conversions. They're making the clutch plays when they need to be made. So it's not just changing the attitudes and the mindsets. It's then these players have to learn and then go execute, and they're doing all of those things in key situations. Absolutely. And you look at that offense and look at the talent in every position. Got a pretty good quarterback in Quentin Dormady. You got an outstanding running back in Jonathan Ward. You look at the receivers, you got the best receiver in the MAC, and now you got the best tandem in Sullivan and uh, Khalil Pimpleton. And then you you have arguably one of the top three tight ends in the Mid-American Conference, and the offensive line hasn't been banged up and has been very, very good. So that offense all of a sudden looks like one of the best units in the Mid-American Conference, and then you've got some stars on defense too. So the talent is there as well with this team. It just doesn't look like a team that's coming off a one-win season, but you're right. It's not just the talent, it's the execution. And the players have talked about that, and Coach Mack has talked about it throughout the season, going all the way back to their first drills when he got here. The different pace, just the the professionalism that you see in practice that you didn't see last season. They're held to a higher standard. The execution is a whole lot better. It's just a completely different program. Great performances in Muncie, 45-44, comeback win for Central Michigan, arguably one of their best wins in the last few years Uh, and a big one on the road. Great performances on the field, but maybe the best performance in Muncie, Don, was up in the... You're going to say in the booth? Yes. (laughs) 
You're not, not referring to yourself. No, I'm not because I want to. I want to peel back uh, the, some layers here and just kind of give you an idea of what Brock Gutierrez Is this was where going through. Where you bring in the RB sponsorship? Yes. <laughs> Brock uh, was going through food poisoning up in the booth uh, in between commercial breaks while he was on the air. And this comeback, Brock was puking because he was his stomach was killing him. He's under the weather. And uh, if you go back and listen to the third and fourth quarter, there's a little segment from like the six to one minute mark. Where's Brock? Well, there's no Brock because he's puking. Was he? Did he go out and get more Arby's? Is that where he, where he <laughs> we was? think he ate some bad Arby's on the way down. But uh, man, he still got excited. Don, as you know, he still was pounding on the glass. And at Ball State, for people that haven't been up in the press box, it is all glass throughout the entire press box, which means in your radio booth, you can see all the way down to the left, all the way down to the right the opposing broadcast crew is right next to you so uh you know each other's feelings throughout the game and Brock even though he was under the weather he powered through he delivered the call did a great job and uh he let him have it at the end of the game do you think they're gonna let him back into Schumann no, Stadium? no I don't understand how he has been able to go to these max sites for 11 years now my favorite is when we're in Ohio and we're in the <laughs> the coaches it's office. the only place I haven't been to yet. Yeah, where you, you actually broadcast the game from a coach's office because their offices are in the stadium, and they have a dry erase board. Brock always leaves an inspirational message on the board as we're walking out. Fire up chips yeah, or, something or something like that. something to that effect. A little bit. Uh, we've always wanted Ohio, so he's always got reason to crow a little bit. But, yeah, I can see him at Ball State banging on that glass and screaming and getting excited. Do you think when they're signing the credentials each week, the uh, <laughs> athletic departments are going, oh, no. they're rolling their eyes oh, when no. they see Brock Gutierrez? Oh, no. <laughs> I think they're used to it by now. They shake their heads. Brock's a passionate guy. He's a Chippewa through and through. And, uh, man, in all seriousness, he was not feeling well on Saturday, but he powered through in what was an extremely long game, Don. There were penalties. I mean, there the second quarter it lasted like two and a half hours, I swear. Yeah, I was listening to you guys during my wedding, and uh, my wedding was very, very long. And you Yeah, guys... you actually made the flight back to Detroit before <laughs> right. the game finished after the wedding, right? Yeah, it just kept going and going, but it was, it was well worth it in the end. No, it certainly was. The Chippewas still in contention. Before we talk about Toledo, let's just kind of look at that NIU-Western Michigan game. We'll give our picks later in the podcast, but... This is going to be a tough game for Chippewa fans. You obviously have to root for the Huskies to win, but with all the parity in the MAC we're talking about, to me, it clearly looks like Western Michigan's the best team. Their best shot at Ohio. Bobcats had an opportunity, tied that game, went to overtime, weren't able to win it. NIU just got drilled. Now, the good news after they got drilled by CMU, they went on the road and beat Toledo. They're banged up. They don't have a ton no, to play got, then for. They got drilled again. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a chilly night in right. DeKalb. Not sure how many fans are gonna come out. It will be Senior Day, and Western has struggled with Northern Illinois, but that is gonna be a tough game for the Huskies to try and win. And the problem right now with Northern Illinois is they've got some injuries too. They've got guys that are banged up. They've got a couple guys that I believe are sitting out because they're gonna transfer. It's just kind of a mess in DeKalb right now, and. I don't know how much fight those guys have left. First year head coach too. Yeah, I, I, I just I don't see any way Western loses this game unless they just have a bevy of turnovers because that's the only way they're not going to be able to move the football. I could see them putting up forty to fifty points. We're really building NIU. the excitement for this game for <laughs> for Chippewa. I mean, fans. I hope it doesn't happen, obviously, but I, I just don't see NIU. But then again. I mean, look at the last two to three weeks in the MAC. How often have we been wrong on games that look pretty obvious? Yeah, no doubt. And and there's certainly a chance for Northern Illinois to win this one, kind of surprise 
the Broncos, Western Michigan, they certainly know what's in front of them. And Tim Lester and John Wasik, a senior quarterback, and Bellamy, their running attack. I mean, they're, they're a potent offense, and Northern Illinois is going to have to try and stop that because we know the Huskies, they don't typically score a ton. They rely on their defense and running the ball and possessing the football. So we'll see if they can play their type of game tonight. Again, need the Huskies to win. Otherwise, the Chippewas will not be competing in the MAC championship game. Regardless of what happens tonight, Don, Central Michigan still needs to take care of business on Friday after you celebrate Thanksgiving and watch the Detroit Lions lose again. The Chippewas will be at home 12 o'clock to take on the Rockets' final home game at Kelly Short Stadium. And the Chippewas have not won this game, Don, since 2009. The last time CMU coincidentally won the MAC championship was 2009. The last time the Chippewas coincidentally finished perfect 6-0 at home was 2009. Wouldn't it be poetic if the Huskies could do us a favor tonight and then Central Michigan could exercise all those demons on Friday as well? I think the Chippewas have a much better chance of winning than NIU does. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Is that all you got for me? That's all I got for you in there. <laughs> How's that for an answer? That's great. Well, let's talk a little bit about Toledo. Uh, it's still early in the week, but the big thing with them, Don, they, they won the MAC championship a couple of years ago. Uh, they've got Jason Candle in, what, his fourth year, I believe, taking over for Matt Campbell, who's at Iowa State. But it's the same time of offense, the same type of scheme. They lost their starting quarterback earlier this year. Remember, that was going into the Ball State game where they actually they got thrashed. Their defense has been suspect. I believe they're giving up like 500 yards per game, nearly 500 yards, which is worst in the MAC. They're going to be able to run the football as they typically are, but Central Michigan should be able to get some yardage, run the football, utilize their balance, and be able to score some points. This is not the same Toledo team we've seen over the past three to four years with a, a veteran quarterback and a, a halfway decent defense and great players on offense, especially at the wide receiver position and running back, the skill positions. You know, they're coming off two tough losses against Northern Illinois and Buffalo. They've lost four out of their last six, and that coincides with the starting quarterback going down. And it's a team that has injuries. You know, the, the running back who's really good is banged up a little bit too, and their defense is awful. It's the worst defense in the Mid-American Conference right now, giving up, you talked about it, 468 yards per game. The offense is always going to be good at Toledo because of the scheme. But losing the starter quarterback really hurt them. Now they're juggling Peters and the third-string quarterback, and it looks like Peters is going to be the guy that goes against the Chippewas. He had three touchdown passes in that loss at Buffalo, but he's not a great quarterback. He's not what the starter was. They're in a tough spot. Plus, they don't really have anything to play for. They've got six wins. They're probably going to a bowl game. They're bowl eligible. They're not a factor in the MAC race. You're on the road in Mount Pleasant over Thanksgiving, stuffed into a hotel, playing a game early on Friday when you don't really have anything to play for. Where's the motivation? This isn't a great rivalry anymore because Toledo has dominated it, and before that, Central had dominated it. So I don't see where Toledo's going to be overly motivated. I think this could be a game, and we've seen this with CMU at home. They get off to really good starts. They play very well at home. If that happens, I think you could see Toledo roll over, and this could be a big win. Tough to say when the opponent has won for the last decade, right? But I think this would be a bad loss if CMU wasn't oh, able be, to win. It'd be a horrible. I mean, loss. they're they're seven and four, five and two. They're rolling right now. They've won five of their last six, and Toledo has not won a road game in the MAC, and they're getting killed in those games in the MAC. You have to go all the way back to late September at Colorado State 
when they went out and won 41-35. That's their last road win. They lost at Bowling Green 20-7. They lost at Ball State 52-14. They lost at Buffalo last week 49-30. So they're not just losing on the road in the MAC. They're getting killed on the road in the MAC, and it's because that defense has struggled, giving up 52 points, 49 points to Buffalo, even 20 points to Bowling Green with basically a quarterback that can't throw. I mean, they have really struggled defensively, and this is a game for Central Michigan. It's an opportunity to kind of let out all the, the problems and all the anger that has been built up. We talked to some of the players yesterday, and Steve Viper and uh, Michael Oliver and uh, Tommy Lazaro, some of the guys that have been here and have talked to other guys that have been a part of this program, none of them have been able to beat Toledo. And Toledo's just, they've been a top program. So for Central Michigan to kind of flip the rivalry, they've got a great opportunity. They favorite, they're favored, I believe, by like nine points. They need to go out there, handle their business, run the football, uh, use their balance, find the find the passes through the air, take care of it, and they should go out, build a lead, and they need to win this game. Yeah, I, th I think this could be a very convincing win for CMU. Sometimes when you see these streaks end, they end badly for the team that had the streak, and I think that's the case here with Toledo. I think if the Chippewas get rolling and the weather doesn't look great, it looks like it's going to be kind of a maybe a sleety, cold day, just adding to the fact that Toledo doesn't want to be there. I, I think the Chippewas get up early, they roll, and this could be a 45-21, you know, 24-type game because I just don't see where Toledo's going to be overly motivated to be there and to want to play hard in this contest based upon what's happened the past couple weeks. You know, when you've lost four out of six and you've got injuries everywhere, it's a tough time right now for the Rockets. Speaking of the weather, was that you telling me you wanted to switch spots Saturday and sure, I do play-by-play play and yeah, you, you do sideline? Okay, perfect. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. Uh, the good news is I'm I'm seeing projections for the bowl game, and it looks like we're going to be playing in warm spots. Let's hope. Now, with my luck, it'll probably be downpouring that day. Yeah, and, and for all these projections that are coming up, people, when you see Boise, CMU's not going back to Boise. We when you see there. Boise, you'll see Don's angry tweets on Twitter. <laughs> Great We're town. not going to Boise we're at not going. ESPN broadcaster. We're not going. I don't understand how these people do these projections. Do they look back and see where you've been the past couple of years? The MAC has a history. They're not sending you to a bowl game you were just at a year or two years ago. It doesn't work that way unless you're the Chippewas going to Detroit. So we're not going back to Boise. It's not going to happen. Donnie, you're an angry monster on Twitter. I, you go get him. Well, I just I don't understand <laughs> how you cannot look at that. I mean, if you're going to put out a projection, do a little homework. I mean, yeah. just a little bit. I mean, yeah, last time they were in a bowl game, 2017, chances are they're probably not going to go no. back there. And they haven't been to Mobile or Montgomery right. in years since they've changed the names of those the bowl Bahamas games. Bowl since the since the inaugural game yeah, in 14. Game. Right. So those would make more sense, and still before, you have to wait and see, does Central Michigan get into the MAC championship game? Because that's certainly going to play a factor into where they go afterwards as well. Right. If if CMU advances to the MAC championship game, chances are they're probably not going to the Bahamas. Bahamas will make their announcement right away, and CMU would end up probably in one of the Alabama Bulls is what it would look like. Uh, the last thing here is, uh, you know, it's a Friday game, it's 12 o'clock, and your, your decision is probably already made up by this point if you're going to come to this game or not, but traditionally these crowds have not been good, and you understand, people are home for Thanksgiving, it's a quick turnaround to go from late night hanging out with the family to then try and book it back up to Mount Pleasant, especially since it's going to be at 12 o'clock, but I will tell you one thing, just in uh, 
supporting this team and coming to this game. They have been perfect at home this year. They've played outstanding football. I don't know if they've trailed at home this year. I don't think they have. I don't think they have either. They have been up. Let's just go through it. Albany, they were up. Albany, Akron, they never trailed. Eastern, no, they've never trailed at home this year. If you're gonna, if you're gonna have a Friday, come on up to Kelly Short Stadium and support this senior class that has gone through a lot. I mean, they won one football game last year. They go through a coaching change, have to buy into a brand new staff outside of one guy in Tavita Thompson who came back from last year, learn a brand new scheme, come out with zero expectations, and they've gone perfect for the fans in Mount Pleasant. They've been great this year to watch and to follow along. I mean, come out and support this football team one more time because the last thing you want to do is send these guys out with nobody in the stands. And I know it's going to be cold. It's going to be a Friday afternoon. It's Black Friday. But that's the one pitch I'll just say is is come out and support this team because they deserve it. Yeah, and these seniors, think about what they've been through, you know, with that season they had last year to pull that all together and, and lead this team back to where they are now. They deserve for some people to be there and, Quite honestly, a Friday afternoon. If, if you're a football fan, you know let, let the let the you know who the, your significant other go shopping and then go to the <laughs> football game. Grab some of your buddies and go do a little tailgate and get there, enjoy it because it's going to be a fun game. It's and, early too. I and mean, you get, get a you, chance to blow out maybe Toledo, a team that has been stepping on your throat for the past nine years, which would be fantastic. You finally get a little revenge, hopefully, against a Rocket team and. I got a feeling it's going to be a lot of fun on Friday. Yeah, and maybe Toledo makes it a game. Again, we're we're kind of overlooking them maybe a little bit, but the Chippewas aren't going to overlook them, and the Rockets maybe come in. They know that they've won this game 10 years in a row, and they want to keep winning it. They want to get that seventh victory. Either way, Central Michigan and Toledo, it should be a good one on Friday, 12 o'clock, and we hope to see you at Kelly Short Stadium. Now joining us to talk more about the Central Michigan and Toledo game on Friday is the play-by-play broadcaster for the Rockets, Brent Balbanot. How you doing, sir? Great to talk with you. I'm doing fine. Hopefully uh, the trip to fan for you is worn off, and uh, <laughs> hope you're having a good Thanksgiving. Hey, are you going to take it easy on us this year and actually let us win one of these matchups, or are you just going to continue to dominate this series? Uh, I don't think you should go poor boy in it this year. Have you taken a look at both teams' records and uh, how they played coming into this game? Look, I, I haven't seen the line. My bosses don't like me going that route because I am a college broadcaster. But uh, if Central Michigan isn't favored, then I would be hugely surprised. Yeah, I think last I saw Central's favored by nine and a half, which is crazy. Wow, because that's a lot. It, okay, I didn't think it'd be that high. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a big number, especially for a team in Toledo that uh, has won the last nine meetings. you got to go all the way back to 2009, the last time Central Michigan won this game. Brent, let's start with the Rockets. You've watched them all year. You've covered them. Tell us about Toledo here in 2019. They're just looking for consistency, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. When they had that three-game stretch uh, early in the season where they held a a good BYU team to just 21 points, uh, it was a little bit of a white-knuckle ride. They allowed Western Michigan back into the game but held them off with a huge defensive stand late. They were clicking on all cylinders. There was a lot of talk, and understandably so here in the Glass City, about how this could be another special year just a couple of seasons removed from a MAC championship. I mean, they were the preseason pick by many media and coaches to, to win the West, but they've stubbed their toe. They've had some injuries, especially at quarterback. They've had three different guys start a game this year and defensively they've had some problems getting teams off the field on third down. Their third down conversion is just not what it needs to be. And 
you know, when you just kind of flip a coin every now and then, you get what you get. And uh, this is a Toledo team that's good by no stretch of the imagination. Am I trying to poor boy it? But at the same time, they're still searching for some answers as they make the trip up to Mount Pleasant. You mentioned the quarterback position, and that was uh, something that you dealt with going all the way back to early October in the rivalry game against Bowling Green and then went into a huge matchup at Ball State without your starter. Tell us uh, what the what the logistics are at the quarterback position and what the Chippewas can expect to see on Friday. Well, I wish I could tell you because we don't know okay. right now. I mean, Coach addressed that uh, on Monday. Eli Peters, who had been the third man to start a game at quarterback this season, and he's not your prototypical third-string quarterback. I mean, he played and started uh, half of last year with the injury to Mitch Guadani. He's the transfer from Illinois. Um, we're not quite sure what the injury is. Coach hasn't released it, but what we do know is he's going to be a game time decision. Uh, they're going to monitor him this week, see how he responds. And if it's not him, then it's probably going to be Carter Bradley, uh, the 6'3", 210 pound redshirt freshman who just got his first start this year at Ball State and kind of got his baptism by fire. So uh, right now, probably one or the other, not exactly sure uh, who it's going to be, but at the same time, um, we got a good guess as to what that short list is. You mentioned this year, at least defensively, trying to find consistency and having the quarterback shuffling going on. Has that played a role in the struggles on the road in the MAC? I mean, you look at Toledo, their last road win was at Colorado State, losses to BG and Ball State and now Buffalo. Take me through kind of those struggles away from the Glass City this year. Well, it's been something different on each one of those occasions. If it were if it were just one thing, then I wouldn't say it would be simple, but it would be easy to identify. Sure. And then you throw everything at it to address it. It's been something different on each occasion, and that's what I think has been the frustrating part for both the coaches and the fans. You know, against Bowling Green, the word is out, and tip your cap to them. They had a completely different game plan that they had been working on for what it sounds like weeks going into that Toledo game nothing, or I can't say nothing, but very little of what they had shown on film in the previous four weeks did they bring to the field that afternoon. They ran a different quarterback. They ran a different offensive set. They ran some different things defensively. And it was still, a, what, I think of a one-score game at the half. And what everybody in the press box there thought was, okay, Bowling Green took their best shot, and they landed, but Toledo will adjust, and, you know, they won't cover 28 but they'll, they'll still win, and that will be their wake-up call. And what ended up happening, Mitch gets hurt late in that game, a couple of missed field goals due to the wind, and the next thing you know, they, they limp out of there wondering what happened. The following week, Ball State, this just in, they, get good, uh, they have good coaches. They're getting paid to come up with a, a good game plan. They pulled every rabbit out of a hat imaginable. I mean, they're running double reverses, halfback option passes. I mean, they really pulled out all the stops. So one loss turned into two. Uh, last week against Buffalo, it was just simple. Toledo couldn't get them off the field on third down. You had two 100-yard rushers. Jarrett Patterson is one of, if not the best back in the country that nobody's heard of, 10th in the nation in yards. And Toledo just couldn't stop the rush. So it's been something different each week. Heaven knows what it'll be on Friday. We're talking with Brent Balbinot, the play-by-play voice of the Toledo Rockets. Chippewas and Rockets will kick it off on Black Friday, 12 o'clock, officially in Central Michigan. will play for a spot in the MAC title game after a loss by Western Michigan last night. Brent, there's obviously all the reason in the world for Central Michigan to come in motivated and wanting to win this game. 
Toledo, they're out of the West race. They've clinched uh, a bowl berth, you would think, with six wins. How is this team feeling coming into a game that they have had a ton of success in over the last decade? Well, just because they're out of the race for the MAC West doesn't mean they aren't motivated. So sure. let's make sure that, that that's clear. This is a team, especially a group of seniors, that you know potentially could be playing in their last game. Uh, six wins is not a guarantee. It makes your bowl eligible, but I was talking with our administration here, and depending on how things play out, you feel much better, much more confident about going bowling at 7-5 and five versus 6-6. Six and six. Absolutely. And the MAC West, they've been too gentlemanly to each other. I, I don't know where the manners have gone, but it's like, Five teams all standing, holding a door open for each other, going, I insist, you go first. No, please, <laughs> you go ahead and take this. Um, look, Central has their destiny in their own hands. I can't I can't remember the last time that actually happened. But Toledo uh, 2009, knows, the last time uh, Toledo let us win well, one of these games. Last time they won it, but with regard to, to winning a, uh, a divisional championship. Yep. But when we talk about it, look, I know what Central has to play for. Toledo has a lot to play for as well. You've got not only just pride, Rocket Pride demands that you go out and give your best, but they want to make sure that they get that seventh win to feel much better about their bull bid, maybe up their chances. And let's be honest, too, if you're going bowling, you want as much wind in your sails as possible for those extra couple weeks worth of practice. Uh, this is going to be – uh, I think a knockdown drag out. I think this is going to be, if not the most physical, one of the most physical games that both teams have played so far this season. How do you think Toledo views this game against Central Michigan? Because the Chippewas, you know, again, they're trying to end this skid. And I know the Rockets have built together a couple of winning streaks in the Mid-American Conference, and CMU is one of them. How do you think they view this game going in, knowing that, uh, again, they've had the upper hand for the last 10 years? Well, I was at practice a couple of days ago, and I can tell you, coach is making sure they are locked in. Um, nobody is going to be overlooking this or kind of going through the motions. He made it clear what uh, Central Michigan, they expect them to be rabid, just absolutely lathered up. Toledo, likewise, they've got to meet that intensity. And look, you've got two great rushing attacks here. Uh, you take a look at what Toledo has been able to do, even with a slightly injured uh, Bryant Kobach, the rushing offense, is still putting up nearly 240 yards per game. That's top 20 in the nation. That's number one in the conference. But then I look across the the ledger here, and I see, again, almost 200 yards for, for Central Michigan and a really strong one-two punch uh, in that backfield in Ward and Lewis. I mean, you've got one guy that's probably going to break 1,000 yards and another that's going to be knocking on the door. You've got a two-headed monster at quarterback, and you've got an absolute game wrecker at defensive end in, in Adesanya. So uh, strong on both sides of the line of scrimmage. I think it's just going to be – it's going to be, if I had to make an analogy, I think it's going to be more Big Ten-like. I know the MAC is kind of a pass-happy league. They have, you know, teams like to get 80-plus uh, snaps of the football off in a game. But I kind of get the feeling that this is going to be grill-to-grill, basically man-on-man -man or hat-on-hat -hat if you want to use the football term. And let's just see who the better man is for four quarters. For Toledo to come in and this year at least spoil Central Michigan's opportunity to get back to the title game, Brent, what do you think it's going to take for the Rockets key-wise to come out and, and leave Mount Pleasant, one of the first the, the first team this year to, to get a win at Kelly Short Stadium? Well, are you talking offense or defense? Whatever you think the keys are to winning this game, you can give me both sides, whatever you think. Uh, well, balance. I know that probably sounds cliche or coach-esque, but offensively, you've got 
a strong rushing attack. I mean, Bryant Kobach knocking on the door, top 10. He would certainly be easily in the top 10 in the nation if he hadn't missed a couple games due to a, an ankle injury. But between him and Seymour, you again have an offensive attack, which is really different than what we've seen from Toledo probably the past several years, that runs to set up the pass. It used to be, at least in the, the semi-distant uh, past, you, you would throw to set up the run. But here, you again are averaging nearly 240 yards a game. You've got Kobach, who's the shifty type, where if he gets to the second level, he's going to run around a safety or a corner. You've got Shakif Seymour, who would just as soon run through you, not even try it. So between those two, depending on down and distance, I think you're set there. The key will be offensive line. Can you open up just enough daylight for those guys to reach that second level and then do their thing? And while the passing attack, the numbers aren't glossy, they still have two in the top 30 in the nation in yards per catch. And Danzel McKinley-Lewis at just under 19 yards per catch. And Bryce Mitchell, who's in the top 20, at uh, just over 20 yards per catch. So while they may not be big numbers-wise, when they do haul it in, they're making big plays. So the question is, can they stay ahead of the chains on first and second down so that the offense can stay balanced? If you become one-dimensional, then you're in trouble. Uh, defensively, kind of like I said, you've got to take care of Pretty much what Mich or Central Michigan needs to do against Toledo here. Great one-two punch in Ward and Lewis. Uh, I know Pimpleton is a, a tremendous return man. Special teams we haven't even touched on with a new kicker for Toledo. But here's what I think, and it's never one play, even though in close games people like to look at one or two plays. It's going to be a handful. We'll look at maybe a couple plays in each quarter that either got the team off the field on a third down situation or extended a drive. Heaven forbid, maybe a penalty, free yards somewhere. And we'll look back at this one. And in my opinion, we'll be talking about no more than four or five, a handful of plays that will determine who wins or who loses this ballgame. Well, we're looking forward to it. It's uh, It's been fun when these two get together. And it looks like this year may be the closest game that we've had because Toledo, again, has, has had the upper hand for the last decade nearly. And looking forward to the Rockets and the Chippewas on Friday. Brent Balbinot, the play-by-play -play broadcaster for the Rockets. We're looking forward to seeing you on Friday, and hopefully it's a great game for us to watch. Well, thanks. Looking forward to seeing you as well. Well, we appreciate having Brent join us. He's done a great job for the Toledo broadcast, an excellent play-by-play -play broadcaster, and always good to see him come into town. And maybe this year he can leave town with a loss. No offense. but <laughs> Yeah, he loves seeing us. Yeah, the <laughs> Just beats up on us right. every year. <laughs> nine years in a row. He hasn't been there for all nine, but he's enjoyed, what, the three or four that he's been around for. He just comes in, kicks our butts, takes off. Always we enjoy a, seeing him, though. Always in a good mood. That's right. He's, uh, he's a great guy, though, and we're excited to see him on Friday as the Chippewas and the Rockets take the field for one final time in 2019 at Kelly's Short Stadium. Think about this, Don, too, before we get in the picks. This will be the last time. We go into Kelly Short Stadium without the end zone building right. being done, and it looks pretty good. That's another little uh, lure to get you to the game. Check out the progress on that building in the north end zone. It's starting to get pretty complete. And next season, we haven't talked about next season at all, but that's going to be a talented team that's coming back next year. Plus, you're going to have the you have the new video board, and then you're going to have the new Champion Center on the other side, and the stadium's going to look fantastic. It's going to be a complete football stadium, right. going to have a great feel. And no I more tool shed. That's right. It's It looks like a full – it will look like a full stadium. It already feels more complete 
uh, with the with the complex with the building half built. So uh, and props to the construction workers having to work in the chilly weather. Hopefully they can get the uh, the out the outsides built quickly and then move to the insides. Let's move to the picks here, Don. We're we're winding down. Can Couple you still weeks catch ago. me mathematically? Or are I you not eliminated? I yet? don't. I'm not mathematically eliminated. Pretty close, though. We took the week off. I'm just not going to count. I asked you about like two games, and it wasn't official, so. Oh, okay. We're just, like, <laughs> <laughs> we're just not going to count. All right. We, did, we didn't do all the picks last week. Don and I picked, uh, what, one or two, and we were both wrong. <laughs> so you're just not going to count them? <laughs> yeah, we're just. I like that. These are my rules. That's good. That's we were both wrong. Rules to go along. And we're not going to count them. This will keep our records a little bit better than okay. what they yeah. were. <laughs> I'm good with that. That's fine. Nobody has to know. All right, well, everybody knows now. Okay, let's take a look at the standings. Don is 21 games above 500, 65 and 44. Go ahead. That's pretty good. I'm not going to brag because if we would have counted those games from last week, they probably would have dropped that a little bit. But Yeah, but I got mine both. It was only two games. Hey, that's pretty good. You know, you got the, these guys that do this for a living, like uh, what's his name, Bear on ESPN. He's like two games over 500 for the season. Come that's on. That's right. Well, they're not all picking Mac games. Some That's of these true. are easier to. Bear uh, likes a good Mac game, though. He picks he a lot does, of Mac games. He does, but usually they're top 25 or top right. 10 matchups, you know, so I'll give them a pass there. I would think the Mac games might be tougher to pick. They maybe are, but, you know, since we cover the conference, let's right. hope that we do a good job of it. 65 and 44 for Don. I'm 59 and 50. So here's the good thing Don has led the entire way, but I have come back to respectable terms. I'm nine games above 500. It's a full sle- uh, slate of action. So are going to take my opposites? Is that how it's going to work the last week? <sighs> well, we're going to have bowl games and such, too, oh, and championships, I'm okay. sure. So sure. I'm just trying to give myself. The best so you're opportunity. like going to string this out until you catch yeah. up. So we'll be like doing basketball picks and stuff. Exactly. Okay. I got to come back. I sure. got to come back eventually. So six games in the MAC, and then we're going to do Michigan and Michigan State to wrap up the regular season. It is week 13. Don, let's start. It is tonight. We're going to try and get this podcast out either tonight or Wednesday. Two games in the MAC on a Tuesday evening. We'll save the big one for second. The first one, Ohio and Akron. It is at Akron. Akron staring in the face of an 0-12 season, Don. The Bobcats are favored by 27. All right, I'm going to break my rule in the fact that, you know, normally we don't take Akron, right? Isn't that the rule? That is the rule. Don't go anywhere near Akron. But Akron showed some signs of life last week in their loss. So I'm going to go with the Zips. I'll take that huge number at home against Ohio, an Ohio team that really doesn't have much to play for. They're coming off that win they got for Frank Solich. They became the all-time winningest coach in the MAC. A lot of emotion there. They may be a little flat. Who wants to be in Akron, Ohio on the final week of the season, midweek? Nobody. Don, who wants to be the one team that lets Akron beat them? Not Ohio. <laughs> I didn't say they're going to win. Give me the Bobcats by 28. <laughs> I'll take the 20, 27 and a half, 28. 28, Donnie. Okay. I'm going to go opposite of you. I've got I've to catch up, and I like the Bobcats. I told you this. I can't pick Akron. I did it the last time we picked. It burned me again. I never learned. Feel confident about the Bobcats. Let's go to the big one at Husky Stadium. Chippewa fans, we need NIU to win to give themselves the Chippewas, that is, a shot to get to the MAC championship game. Western on the road. They win and they are in to face the Red Hawks. They are favored by seven. Donnie, what do you say for Tim Lester's squad on the road? I like Western Michigan here in this spot, unfortunately. I would love for Northern Illinois to jump up and beat them. 
It's uh, eight and a half is what I have as far as the line. I think the Broncos cover. I think Northern Illinois is done. I think they've kind of given up on the season. This could be, to me, a 21-point game. I'll take the Broncos, and unfortunately for the Chippewas, that's going to keep them out of the Mac West. You've got the updated lines. Yeah. That's going to make this easier for me. I had Western favored by seven, but you've got the updated eight and a half eight now. And a half. I'm going to take the Huskies. I don't know if they're going to win, but I think at home, senior night, Coming off a bad loss, they want to put together a good performance. I think they can keep it within a good range, make this a game, make it fun for us Chippewa fans to see if they can pull it out. Give me NIU. Hopefully they can win, but I think they at least cover in this one against Western Michigan. Let's go to the Friday games. All the remaining games for the MAC are on Friday, and all coincidentally at 12 o'clock. Let's start at UB Stadium. The Bulls taking on the Falcons. A 29-and-a-half point spread. This is another one. We never take Akron or Bowling Green. Buffalo at home. Can they win this game by 30 or more points? I'm going to say yes, just because I don't want to take Bowling Green. I've already taken Akron. I can't take you can't Akron take and two. Bowling Green. You can't do that. Way. Nope. I'll take Buffalo at home. BG, you know, three wins, nothing to play for. Buffalo's going to a bowl game. It's a home game for them to send off their seniors. They've had a decent season. It's been a little bit disappointing coming off of that great year last year, but I know they want to end it the right way. I could see them rolling Bowling Green, hopefully more than by 28 and a half. Man, Vegas is smart, aren't they? 29 and a half. How, that is so difficult because you know Buffalo's going to roll in this game, but by that much, could Bowling Green squeak out, get a late touchdown? They might down, but I can't pick them. Sticking to my rule, give me Buffalo. They've done well at home this season. I like them to roll and ride momentum going into a bowl game, uh, especially since they weren't able to get into the MAC championship game for a second straight year. Okay, so we're I think, using the 29 and a half or the 28 and a half. Oh, you have 28 and a half. Yeah. Okay, let's go 28 and a half. I don't have the line from the beginning of the year like you do over there. The beginning of the year, he <laughs> says. So I looked at these yesterday. Okay, well, it's Last night, a little bit. Well, Vegas is changing big time. Yeah, let's go 28 and a half and give me Buffalo. How about this one? An intriguing game at the factory, Eastern Michigan. Now I have five and a half. Is that correct? Down to five. Down to five for the Eagles. I'll go first. I like Eastern Michigan at home against Kent State. You know the Golden Flash is coming off a big win. They snuck by against Ball State at home, but I like the way the Eagles are playing. Give me Chris Creighton and the factory and senior day implications. 12 o'clock on a Friday in Ipsy. Adam, nobody walks into the factory on senior day and gets a victory. You're Give darn me the, straight. I'll take the Eagles slash Hurons. Give them the five. They win by 10. They get a win for the seniors in front of 400 people in Ypsilanti. All right, Donnie, let's go to Ball State. They have lost four straight games. They're hosting the Mac East champs. What's the line on this one? I had two and a half in favor of Ball State. Is that moved? It's up to three now. Three for the Cardinals, a team that has lost four in a row. Western Michigan, Ohio, Central Michigan, Kent State, all losses, but they are favored at home against a Miami team that regardless of what happens, they have punched their ticket and they are going to Detroit next Saturday. What do you think? You would look at this if you're from the outside looking in, seven and four Miami against four and seven Ball State and think to yourself, well, Miami's going to win this going away. It's only... Why is Ball State favored at home? The reason why they're favored at home is because they're going to win this game. Miami's oh. going to be a little lackadaisical. It's all locked up for them. They're already going to the MAC championship game. I'll take the Cardinals. I think they get some turnovers, which is their forte. When they get turnovers, they're a good football team. And I'll give the three. Ball State's going to be playing hungry. They need a win. They're still trying to end that four-game skid. It'll be senior day for the Cardinals, but give me the Red Hawks. I think they're riding momentum. They want to keep riding that momentum going in the championship game. 
I'm going to take Miami here again. They may not win, but I think they could cover three points. But uh, I'm feeling confident they're going to go into Ball State and put up a good performance. Let's go to the Big Ten and start in a game where Michigan State is trying to become bowl eligible. Last I saw, they were favored by 21 points, Don. They whooped up on Rutgers. Maryland doesn't look very good. Can they win big against Maryland and get Mark D'Antonio to a bowl game? The updated line is 22, Okay. by the way. Sparty at 5-6, and six, Maryland at 3-8. and eight. In East Lansing, I don't think Maryland is going to be an overly motivated team either. They have only got three wins. They can't go to a bowl game. This has been a bad season. And Maryland had some expectations coming in. I think people thought they were going to be a whole lot better. The question for me always with Michigan State is with that offense, can they cover a 22-point spread? I'm going to say they're going to win, but they're not going to cover. Give me Maryland, and I'll take the 22. So tough. So dang tough. I'm right there with you. 22, that's up above three touchdowns. I do think Michigan State's playing with a little bit more confidence after they beat Rutgers. That'll get your confidence up. They're at home. It's going to be their last opportunity. Brian Lewerke and some of the seniors that are on that team. I'm going to take Michigan State here. Maryland just got truck-sticked by, uh, what, Nebraska? I really don't like the way that they're playing. I'm going to take Michigan State. Let's go to the big house. Always the big one. It is the game. Michigan, the line, Don, down to eight points, I believe, today. The Wolverines have not beaten the Buckeyes in seven tries. They have not beaten a ranked Ohio State team since 2003. The last 12 times Ohio State has been ranked in the top 10 going into this matchup. They've won all 12 times. Can Michigan mend my broken little hearts for the first time in eons, or do the Buckeyes come and take the Wolverines' lunch again? Uh, I think the Buckeyes take their lunch one more time, and here's the reason why. Michigan has looked much better over the past couple weeks, but well, maybe the last, what, four or five weeks? 30 quarters. Yeah, you're going to say they look 18 good. quarters, rather. Here's the problem, though. I, I When you go back and you look, and I, I always go to the quarterback because it's the most important position. Go look at Shea Patterson against ranked teams. 52% passer, four touchdowns, three interceptions. Sure, he racks up huge numbers. Michigan has great wide receivers when they're playing nobody or questionable teams. But this is an Ohio State team that's got the best pass rusher in the country. They have one of the best defenses in the country. They're ranked highly in almost every area. If this were a different year where this were an Ohio State team that was down a little bit, I would say Michigan would have a chance, but not this year. This may be the best team in all of college football. Don, this may be the best Ohio State team in program history. <laughs> right. Uh, with that working against Michigan, this is a good Michigan team. It's not a great Michigan team. I think Ohio State wins going away, especially if Michigan has any turnovers whatsoever or makes any mistakes. I think the Buckeyes pounce on them. This could be, to me, a two-touchdown to maybe three-touchdown game. Will I ever see Michigan beat Ohio State again? <laughs> I hate the Buckeyes. Yeah, and you're I, a young guy. I have You've to take this time. every single year. Listen, here's the thing. It's the 50th year anniversary of the 1969 game. That was Bo Schembechler's first year. Woody Hayes and that team came yeah, they're, in. They're bringing Top all those ranks. guys back, I heard, too. 24-12 win, Donnie. It was in Ann Arbor. Right. It's an eerie feeling. Sports are a weird thing. Michigan has been great at home. Ohio State, let me give you their road games for you. Okay, you ready for this? Mm -hmm. They've played at Indiana. Okay. They've played at Rutgers. They haven't won a Big Ten game. They've played at Northwestern. They haven't won a Big Ten game. Now they will play Michigan. They're going to walk into Michigan. It's going to be the toughest test they get. Wolverines are playing well. And the Buckeyes in that second half against Penn State. They turned it over. They're coming in a little rusty. Everyone's riding high on the Buckeyes. Can Michigan win this game? Unfortunately, 
I don't think so. But <laughs> I think they cover the spread. I think this will be a close game. Michigan is capable of winning this game, but they haven't made the plays to swing this rivalry in over a decade. So until I see that, I can't take the Wolverines, but I think they do cover the spread, keep this close, and give the Buckeyes their first close game this year. Let's finish it off. Central Michigan and Toledo, the Chippewas, trying to keep their hopes alive, maybe for a shot in the MAC title game and end this skid. The Rockets have won nine in a row. You got to go back to 2009. Last time Central Michigan defeated Toledo. The last time the Chippewas were perfect at home. They've got a chance to do both those things on Friday. It's a nine and a half point spread for the Chippewas. Down, what do you think? This is a perfect setup for Central Michigan. Toledo's lost, as we talked about, four out of six. They're down to their second and third string quarterbacks. They've got problems at other positions. This is the worst defense in the MAC, one of the worst defenses in the country. Chippewa should roll on Toledo on Friday, snap that streak of nine games, and call it good. I see a big Central Michigan win on Friday afternoon. Chippewa's by, I think, three touchdowns, so easily covering the spread. Give me the Chippewas with a chance, hopefully, to get to the MAC championship game. Come on, NIU. Don, we talked about this earlier in the podcast, but I really think this would be a bad loss for Central Michigan with the way that Toledo has struggled. They're down a little bit, and that's no discredit to Jason Kendall and their program. They've been excellent. You're bound to have one down year, especially when you lose your starting quarterback. Their defense has not been good. The Chippewas have feasted at home, putting up five to 600-yard game performances in Kelly Short Stadium. The run game has been working. Quentin Dormady has been locked in. The Chippewas playing with a ton of confidence. They've won five of their last six. I don't think any of that changes on Friday. Give me Central Michigan by a couple of touchdowns. I think Toledo's going to be a little motivated just knowing that the Chippewas are feeling good about themselves and they know that they've won nine in a row. So I think it may be closer than what we're thinking, but I think the Chippewas still cover the spread and they get a win against the Rockets. The other thing we did talk about is Toledo puts it on the ground too. I mean, they've got 19 turnovers. Their turnover margin is 119th in the country out of, what, 131 teams? So it's just awful. They have turnovers on Friday afternoon. They've got no chance whatsoever. They go from slim to none. I just don't see this game being close. But, you know, you never know. But if the Chippewas play like they have at home all season long, I think they roll. No doubt about it, Donnie. We're looking forward to it. Broadcast will be at 11 a.m. with the pregame show. We talk to. What time uh, are we meeting at Arby's for our pregame meal? We will not be going to Arby's, uh, <laughs> I don't think. There is an Arby's in Mount Pleasant, and it's been very <laughs> wonderful to me. Uh, we'll just say Brock, I don't think, had the Arby's in Mount Pleasant, right? So. Uh, no, somewhere on the road somewhere. Somewhere on the road. In Ohio. He's... Bad things happen in Ohio, Don. I don't Don. think he's going back, by the way. No, I don't think so. But, hey, we're happy to have the entire crew back. Hopefully the Chippewas are playing for a spot in the MAC championship game. Either way, senior day, please come out to Kelly Short Stadium, 11 a.m. pregame, and then Brock and Don on the air at 12. Have a happy Thanksgiving. You too. Enjoy yourself. All right. We'll talk to you next week.